0: Any time during my ten years, I could do this.
2: Na 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 na
1: That's power.
2: That's power. Oh, oh, man.
0: Comes down to Hartman's foot. Here's the snap. The ball is down. The kick is up. And it's gone. <laughs> Wolfpack wins. It's time for the Riddick and Reynolds Podcast. Here's your host, James Curl.
1: All right, folks. Welcome to the Riddick and Reynolds Podcast. We have a wonderful crowd here at Amedeo's this evening. We're going to talk a lot of uh, football talk this evening, which is, uh, I guess, a little bit of a change of pace for this time of year. But with, with signing day, we'll have a lot to get into. And we've got a special guest that's joining us this week to talk about that. I uh, want to remind you, of course, as we always do at the top of the show, uh, the uh, fine folks here at Medios are kind enough to sponsor us every week, and we want you to take advantage of the uh, specials that they have here at um, the uh, There's no away game in the middle of this week. Uh, of course, we're hosting Virginia at 8 o'clock on Wednesday, but um, can't think of a better place for you to come for a nice pregame meal. Come on down to Medios and grab you some lasagna, a little pizza, a little uh, a Johnny D's, is nice uh, steak and uh, onion sandwich. Uh, any of the fine folks uh, here at Medios will be happy to serve you and get your pregame meal squared away and uh, give you a good belly full of food as you head off to the PNC Arena. So be sure to stop here uh, at Medios on your way over to the arena Wednesday night. And uh, if you are not able to make it here for uh, the uh, game on Wednesday night or, or just want some uh, food over in your place and aren't able to get out of the house, uh, the uh, folks here at Medios have partnered up with OrderUp.com and they now offer a delivery service. So if you're in the campus uh and surrounding areas, you are able to uh, order anything from the Medios menu uh and the folks at OrderUp will deliver it to you. Uh just go to orderup.com and search for Medios. Uh you'll be able to see the menu there and make your selections and uh you'll be able to have uh Medios in the comfort of your own home, not just here at the Medios. So uh, again, thank you to the uh the folks there at Medios for taking care of us as we hope that you will take care of them uh this week matt purdy is joining us how are you doing sir
2: doing great james thanks for having me on
1: good to see you again glad you're able to make it and uh our special guest this week as i mentioned uh he's actually a member of the nc state wolfpack uh football coaching staff he's a defensive line coach ryan nielsen is joining us how are you doing sir
0: doing great thank you
1: thank you for coming out and uh <laughs> yeah, yeah matt sorry no uh round of applause for you there uh but uh Coach, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate you coming out. And, and of course, this past week uh, was a big day for NC State football as you guys uh, completed the Pac-15 class. Um, a lot of good names on that list. We won't necessarily have to go through all of them. But um, I guess, uh, you know, how much of a relief is it, first of all, for you to be kind of past that point where all the effort and time that you've put into signing that class kind of comes to fruition?
0: Uh- you know, it's, uh, it is a relief. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun when the faxes, um, start coming through in the morning. One of my favorite days of the year is signing day. Uh-huh.
1: Um,
0: you know, because it makes it official. You know, you spend, uh, a year or two now, th- sometimes three years, uh, recruiting these, these players, their families, you know, mentors, coaches, and everything. And when those faxes come in, I mean, it's just like, uh, it's like Christmas morning, you know, and, and now it's, um, you know, you get to enjoy it just for a little bit, but then it becomes, okay, well, uh, let's get these guys on campus and let's start, you know, get them to play you know and develop them
1: yeah and let's back up just a little bit though because um you know there's probably some uh, Wolfpack fans out there who aren't quite as familiar with you as maybe some of the other uh like you know coach dorner mm-hmm. other members of the coaching staff you uh played at usc is that correct correct you were there from 99 to 02 is that right 97 02 97 02. Okay. So you uh, were there from the coaching change uh, as, I guess, Pete Carroll came in. Mm -hmm. I had uh,
0: three head coaches.
1: Three head coaches, okay. Well, I'm sure that made y'all's job easy uh, as players, uh, adjusting from one coaching regime to the other. Um, I I can't imagine what that must be like, uh, having to go through that much transition in that short period of a time.
0: You know, at at the time, it it wasn't uh, the most fun thing to go through, but I think now it's really helped me in my coaching career. Right. You know, because when you go, I've been to five or six schools now, and, really helps with the transition with the players and now i know what they're thinking so on and so forth
1: yeah now of course pete carroll was a uh, an assistant at once upon a time way back when uh when he was here at nc state he was uh, i saw
0: a uh, picture of him <laughs> oh, Yeah, yeah uh, yeah this is monty kiffin and the and the crew
1: the snazzy red pants that's right were y'all wearing those on the recruiting trail at any point uh you know we tried them on but
0: uh <laughs> we didn't like the look
1: yeah well you know maybe it'll come back around at some point uh, we'll see um what's uh, what's you know, Coach Carroll-like, uh, you know, he's, he seems like just an incredibly energetic guy. I can only imagine what it's like uh, as a player underneath him. And, you know, of course, he has had great success at USC and, and also in the pros now with the Seahawks.
0: Um, you know, first, Coach, uh, he's a very high-energetic guy. He's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he stays in the office long hours. He, he cares about his players tremendously. One of the best things that Coach did is he hired a great staff. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he brought Norm Chow from NC State. Uh, my position coach Ed Ogeron, um, Steve Sarkisian, who's the head coach right now of USC, was on the staff there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a bunch of other guys. And he really had a great staff that cared about his players, that were great teachers of the game of football.
1: Mm-hmm. Now there was also a, a grad assistant at USC during your time there by the game by the name of Dave Dorn. Uh, what do you remember of Coach Dorn? from the, the year that I get was it just about a year or so that he was there at yeah. USC? Uh,
0: I believe he was there for two years the first thing I remember is he had a lot more hair on his head than he does now <laughs> uh, a little bit younger obviously but uh, it's hard to imagine a younger Dave Dorn. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> no um, coach and I you know he was a graduate assistant so I didn't spend a, a tremendous amount of time with him but um, got to know him a lot more in the recruiting process you know he was very involved in um, you know, like Troy Polamalo's recruitment, bring him on campus, and I was a host. Mm-hmm. And that's why I spent a lot of time, you know, with Coach. And uh, when you go up to the office, and the, he'd always be around, him and a couple of the other GA. So, you know, so you spend time more off the field than on the field with Coach.
1: Right. Well, uh, fast forward, uh, you know, of course, you know, you uh, spent some time with Dave at Northern Illinois, and, and he's brought you here to NC State. Um, I'm curious what what were uh, some of the, your impressions of NC State when you first got here, the Raleigh area, the fans, of course, uh, you know, general impressions of NC State since you've been here?
0: Uh, well, the first um, I got down, I, I was, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, I got hired, and I was in uh, New York, and one of our players, um, the last school we were working at, was uh, one of the National Football Foundation um, scholar athlete award winner and I got to sit down with uh, Doctor Yao and uh watch our basketball team in Madison Square Garden. Oh cool. Which was very cool. And um they brought me down on the uh, on the charter jet and uh <laughs> I think we got in about four thirty in the morning and uh they've got me up at uh, six and we we're in the office at six <laughs> thirty. So we're walking in there on an hour sleep which was you know and you're on a high, you know you just get hired here. Um and we come through and they give us a tour of the facility. And uh, Joe McKillop, which is our director of football operations, kind of took me around. And the first thing is, is we have a tremendous facility. Our facility is uh, one of the top I've been in. Mm-hmm. It is really awesome. Um, you know, and then you've been here, uh, you know, a month or so, and you kind of really the fans start coming up to you and introducing themselves, and the passion for the for our football team is is unbelievable. Um, and I'm going to tell you what, on game day, uh, it really helps in recruiting when you come out in pregame and the stadium's packed or, you know, three mm-hmm. quarters of the way full and those recruits look up. I mean, that's that's awesome. You know, they, they do a tremendous job of that. Um, you know, and then um, the facilities uh, on top of uh, the Murphy Center, but the direction of, you know, getting the uh, indoor facility and the stadium and the, the press box, you know, the whole package is, is awesome. And, uh, you know, the city... I, I really enjoy. I live downtown here, and uh, there's a lot of things to do. The people are, are great. Um, I, I really like uh, Raleigh, and, and I uh, plan to be here for a while.
1: Well, good deal. We hope that you are here for a good long while, as long as uh, your career takes you here at NC State, before you get promoted, of course, into uh, bigger and better things down the road, of course. Uh, let me. Uh, you mentioned facilities. Let's transition, and, and I want to ask you, about the indoor practice facility as it relates to this class and, of course, the future classes. How big of a selling point was that when you guys started hitting uh, and started game planning for, you know, this Pac-15 class? You know, uh, what kind of, I guess, component did that play in selling the university to these kids?
0: Uh, It was huge. I think um – when you have an improvement in your facility and a, uh, a direction, always constantly, you know, we improved the, the weight room when we first got here. We added a bunch of money, a whole bunch of new equipment. And the players saw that. And, you know, now we got the practice facility. You know, we got a, a turf uh, field on our, our uh, outdoor practice facility. You know, and the players that you're, you're recruiting is, you know, we're always upgrading. We we'll always want it the best that you can be, uh, so you can have success. You know, and that's a that's a major point in recruiting.
1: Yeah, I just have to imagine, you know, seeing. And, and I was actually over at the arena uh, just this past weekend, and to see, you know, it, I guess it's it's one thing to to talk about how big something will be in terms of numbers and, and acreage or or what have you, but when you start seeing the full size of that project, it's it's massive.
0: It's, it's huge. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. And it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it's.
0: I can't wait for it to get done. Put yeah. it like that, And I know w- when we walk by, you know, we have morning workouts now, and players are walking there, always looking at it, and you know, seeing the, uh, you know, the building process. It's 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 a fun thing to be a part of and to see uh, to see grow.
2: Yeah. How how much of a difference does that make in recruiting the indoor practice facility? Because a lot of people don't seem to understand it, how big of a difference it makes.
0: Um, I think it's one of the the, the biggest. Uh, selling points in terms of a facility, uh, that we always can get our work done. Um, you know, if there's a thunderstorm or a, an ice storm or whatever part of the year, you know, we can go inside and you can sell that to a recruit that you're not uh, missing an opportunity to get better. And that's huge. I mean, that's, that's an enormous thing to sell to not only a player but their families.
2: Right, and, and it, this may be kind of abstract, but does it help maybe with, like, some of the kids? I mean, obviously you cover Georgia um, and, like, the Florida kids, but mm-hmm. say, hey, you don't have to, you know, if it's 20 degrees outside, you're not going to be out there. We're going to be inside. We're going to be in a controlled climate. Does that make any difference? Is that something you sell?
0: Oh, I think so. You know, I think uh, any time that you can uh, stay on schedule and not have to change, you know, we've – had to cancel a practice or two in the past Here, mm-hmm. you know, move one last year in spring ball, and now we don't have to do that, Right. you know, and I think uh, it, it'll really help in the development of our players, and that's the most important thing, mm-hmm. you know, getting them on campus and being able, even mm-hmm. in the in the workouts, whether we just go running, mm-hmm. you know, and, and working on speed or conditioning, things like that, you know, that it's going to really help, and you'll see the growth of our football team improve. Right. Well, let's,
1: uh, let's talk about This uh, PAC-15 class, and we'll start from a general sense, you know, going in, when you guys started game planning for this year's class, you know, where were the, I guess, the areas of biggest need, and and how well did you say that uh, or would you say that you all addressed those positions of need? Um,
0: The uh, O-line and D-line, obviously the the, the running back position. We needed to get a quarterback. Um, We've got a couple of good safeties. Those were the target positions, Um, you know, before we had a huge class last year i Mm. think we uh we had something like 27 or 28 guys come in so that was a you know really big class so this class was a little bit more directed at uh you know the line of scrimmage um and a couple of skill positions
1: and uh, were there some areas maybe where you felt like you had some needs but maybe you know a guy that you thought you were in the mix with ended up going a different way or you know some things that maybe you uh wish that you could have addressed a little bit better um, well,
0: you know our cornerback position is uh is pretty strong you know mm-hmm. we have all those guys coming back you know so it was you know if we can get a great one we 'll get a great one and if we don't then it's no big deal no no loss you know so that was kind of a, that was a topic of uh conversation definitely in uh, december January yeah it came down to the wire. Yeah.
1: How difficult was it as you were working on this class? I know you know a lot of times you know a class that you're forming you know as you kind of hinted to earlier. You know, you start getting in on these guys not just you know the you know six or eight months prior to signing day. It's you know 18 months prior to mm-hmm. signing day. Um, you know, th- your efforts on this class largely began when you know it was uh, when of course the team was going through kind of a rough patch and of course went winless in the ACC. Uh, was it tough kind of selling the vision of the program during that stretch where the team was struggling?
0: Uh, initially, um, but, you know, you start recruiting is building relationships. Mm-hmm. And when you're building relationships, um, you know, the trust factor and, and getting to know the people that are important to the to the players, you know. So as you're building this relationship, you're telling them about this. And, and as the season was going last year, you know, hey, just this is our first year, you know, so on and so forth. And then that transpired through the, the summer. You know, we had them on campus with a relationship, so they trusted us a little bit more. And then through the season, and, you know, the, the season turned for the better, you know, and now they, they, they started to really say, okay, Coach is telling me the truth. This is what's happening. And then our finish, and thing you know, you get a class like this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have to imagine being able to finish the way that you did this year really did help kind of seal the deal on several of these guys, right?
0: Sure. Well, just like you said, you know, the, the, the process, the plan, the vision, you know, the things that Coach Dorn, you know, the direction of the program where we're going, now it's, uh, you know, it is visible. You know, and these guys can they can come to a game at the end of the year, watch us on TV during our bowl game, and see, you know, the results of, of what we've been doing for the last two years.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess one question, you mentioned the big class in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, that a lot of guys left from the previous regime, which I'm sure, you know, you've been through coaching changes as a player, so you knew it was coming. Um, how much did the success, you know, the – State got some good pub for you know signing a good top 30 you know kind of nationally class. Did that help sell some of the 2015 kids, or was that kind of a detriment? Were kids scared off, or were they excited to kind of join that process? No, I think uh,
0: you know we we target um, guys that want to come in and compete. You know, if a guy comes in and says you're too deep at a certain position, then they kind of you know you kind of Stay away from that guy a little bit, mm-hmm. I think. You know, you want competitors on your football team, guys that want to come in and, and, and earn a position. Um, you know, we did sign a really good class the year before. We've, uh, in my opinion, signed re- three really good classes. You know, mm-hmm. The first year was good, and some players. Right. Um, you know, but uh, I think uh, there are certain positions at this class where the guys, they didn't you know, let's say running back. You know, we signed three of the top running backs in the country. Right. Uh, and those guys all wanted to play with each other.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's one thing I noticed that they were, I mean, they were, Reggie was recruiting um, Naheem, then Naheem turned around and recruited Johnny. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, guess how you have Shad and Matt Days coming back. Mm-hmm. Not like you have, you know, no names coming back. Sure. sure.
0: No, I think it, it really helped, um, you know, especially, you know, the offensive success this year and how many, you know, yards per carry that those guys had and you know how Coach Canada does a great job of sharing the ball around to a lot of mm-hmm. different players. Um, you know, and then you also look at a guy like uh, Roseboro who comes in, you know, in the street played the same position. Right. You know, and that didn't scare him away. You know, he yeah. wanted to be a part and play on the other side of that right. guy, you know. And, you know, so it's kinda of going in that direction where they wanna especially in state, you know, the guys know each other and they want to mm-hmm. play with mm-hmm. each other.
1: Yeah, you you mentioned Roseboro at Street, and actually um, a friend of the show, Ryan Tice, uh, I asked him what would be one question that he might ask you if he was here, uh, so I'll pass this along to you. Um, He, I think, feels like perhaps um, Roseboro might be a little bit further ahead in his development process relative to where Street was coming into his first year, given the fact that he's – coming in i guess early uh would you say that's maybe an accurate assessment or or how do you see those two guys comparing and what might we expect from Roseburg during his first season at nc state
0: i don't know if he's further ahead um because when contavious came in i mean his, his strength was off the chart i mean mm-hmm. he's a tremendously strong guy powerful uh you know darian is a bigger guy um i think uh he came in a little bit better conditioned you know, because he played in the All-Star games and he just finished playing. Where Contavious, you know, he had the off-season. You know, so that it's a different uh, time of year when those guys are coming in. But I think uh, the plan is for, you know, obviously Street's going to play, and, and then we'll see what happens with Darian. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, he's doing a great job in the weight room right now. He's lost a little bit of that uh, body fat, uh, baby weight, baby weight. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, his. You can see him. He's getting broader, and he's been here for five weeks already. You know. <laughs>
1: It's got to be nice seeing these guys develop, uh, you know, in the weight room and starting to imagine what they might be capable of once they start hitting the playing field.
0: Yeah, you uh, should see. Uh, Contavia Street just squatted uh, 580 pounds for four <laughs> reps the other day. I have it on my phone. If you, have one, <laughs> yeah. you believe me. After yeah. the show,
1: I we'll have to look at that. I head. think I might need 10 reps to get one <laughs> oh, yeah. of his. And he did it easy. Oh,
0: I mean, yeah. it was it was impressive. He,
2: so. He's, I mean, he's what 6'2" 280 something like that.
0: Yeah, he was 286 today. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. about 6'2" and a half. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's. That's nuts. Yeah,
0: yeah I and mean, I'm going to tell you what, he's a, he's a great young man. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a pleasure to coach him. Yeah. He's got a great attitude, and uh, his work ethic is is uh, unbelievable.
2: One thing I noticed about I, – I went to – I saw a couple of his high school games when they paid, uh, I think it was Pinecrest his senior year, mm-hmm. and I noticed that Rose just kind of plugged him in the middle and just said, take on three guys, and he didn't seem to have any issue with that. Um, yeah. he, he wasn't going to get his stats, but the team, you know I think they won. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he he just seemed like that kind of guy that was like, whatever I need to do, I'll do. And Darian seems kind of the same way. I think our whole group, uh, I think our team is like that. To mm-hmm. be honest
0: with you, um, you know, on offense, those guys, there was a lot of playmakers that having. You didn't hear anybody complaining about mm-hmm. not getting the ball or, you know, especially in the the running back position. I mean, those guys had yeah. great seasons. You know, and and with Jacoby and um, on defense, no, nobody's worried. About, at least I haven't heard about playing time or, you know, we're just guys want to go out there and compete and get better you know mm-hmm. that's kind of the focus is what it's been last year you know it's been kind of nice
1: yeah well as i'm sure you guys have worked through these recruiting classes to kind of rebuild and restock some of the talent on the team i know obviously a luxury would be to be able to you know redshirt some guys you know have you given thought to who among this class might you know redshirt or are you just going to go through spring workouts and kind of you know go from there
0: no i think um you know, kind of the philosophy is the best players are going to play.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think that that's one thing that we've been able to prove here that we've played a lot of freshmen, true freshmen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's helped in the recruiting process that guys can come all over the country and play if they're the best players. You know, so we'll go into camp and everybody's going to get their shot. Uh, you know, from A to Z, right. uh, they'll get an opportunity to go in and and uh, compete and play, and then um, you know we'll. You know, coach has a meeting right before uh, the two weeks before camp ends that we start talking about okay where is the development where do we need to go is this can this guy do it this year is he one of the top guys um, and then they'll get some more reps so we can figure out that you know that last week of camp going into uh, the first games uh, you know practices and everything and then we'll decide from there but uh, looking at this list right here everybody I could see everybody playing or everybody not playing you know that's up to them
2: right. Yeah, uh, we talked about uh, Darren Roseberry a little bit earlier um, from the Charlotte area. Um, you and I talked a little bit before the show about your recruiting. You know, the first thing that you were told when you came here mm-hmm. in terms of recruiting um, the Charlotte area. Uh, sure. I was hoping you could maybe share some of that, and then what's your strategy? Just what your general strategy is with that area, because you know it's a large metropolitan area, a lot of good programs. Um, just I guess if you could just kind of share your your base strategy and everything like that. Well, uh, Eddie Faulkner.
0: Um does a great job there I mean he's he's a tireless worker um, you know and that's predominantly his area and and it has been last year but we have seven in-state coaches Um, you know it's very easy to get in and out of there so if there's a a running back offensive lineman you know that position coach can get in there as well Um, it has been a focal point um, and I think uh, that the staff has done a great job of getting those players to come from that area um, you know to NC State um, so it's been a, you know, if you were to draw a couple circles on a map, that is one of the places that, you know, we're targeting, you mm-hmm. know, of getting a lot of because the football there is really good too. You right. know? So we want to get some players uh, every year from Charlotte.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think for many years, I think, uh, well, I'll speak for myself. Uh, you know, uh, it was a little bit frustrating. You'd see a program like Charlotte Independence who consistently put out just a tremendous football program. It seemed like state – Came short in getting, you know, some of those guys were getting in on some of those guys. So. And now,
2: now two of the two of the players who played as true freshmen um, are from Independence yeah. and mm-hmm. Tocho and Tony Adams. Mm-hmm. Right,
1: and that, that obviously program. makes a difference. Yeah. yeah, really good program. So hopefully, we'll continue to see more of those efforts as well there. Um, I, I want to ask you about a guy that um, you helped bring to NC State in this class, um, Tyrone Riley. He had originally verbally committed to Kentucky. Uh, you were able to, uh, you know, convince him to come red, uh, wear the red and white here at NC State. Um, I don't know to what degree you're willing to share during the, that process of convincing him to to switch allegiances, but uh, you know, Chuckamato famously uh, sung to some of his recruits. I don't know if you, if you busted out some vocal skills or or something uh, along those lines, but. Uh, you know, certainly that was a big get for NC State as part of that, of this class and you had a big part to deal with that, I'm sure. Yeah, that was a fun, uh, last
0: week with him. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he came up with his mom, uh, during the summer mm-hmm. and we had him up for the camp. He didn't camp, but he got a tour of the facility and, uh, he always wanted to go to school in, uh, the North Carolina, South Carolina region, um, and get out of, uh, you know, Savannah <clears throat> and go north a little bit. Um, but the last week of recruiting, um, it was actually pretty cool, Coach. We we flew down to visit another player uh, down in Florida, and uh, Coach had come to see Tyrone the first week out in January. You know, so that that last week, you know, it, Coach, I want to come, but I'm not sure. I want to come, I'm not sure, and th- this one for about a week. You know, mm-hmm. so you're just you know on the phone with mom and the coach. And, <laughs> the wins you know, of a 17-year-old I mean, just unbelievable. You know, so but finally, you know, he got. He said, coach, I'm coming, you know, and then mom, it was the next mom. You know, now you got to get mom and, you know, right. the, the next thing, hey, you know, that part of recruiting. But, um, it was very cool, uh, when he did, you know, commit and she actually called and she called coach and then she called myself. I'm giving, you know, Tyrone my blessing for him to go uh. to NC State. And after the whole deal, you know, you're just clapping, jumping out of the car. You know, right. right. <laughs> I just got into an accident. But, you know, thank God I didn't.
1: Right. Yeah, that's gotta be kind of the thrill of the process is when you, you get a guy that you've been investing this much time and effort into to finally kind of, you know, push that button and say, yes, I'm coming. Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I can only imagine, you know, the, the number of man hours and, and time that you guys spend on getting to know, like you said, not just the player, but the parents and all the family members of these kids. Um, you know, it's a, it's a 24-7 gig, it seems like, at times, mm-hmm. uh, at least from an outf- outsider's perspective. So, Oh, uh, well, it takes it's time be- to
0: build to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what it is. Recruiting is relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not just with the the players anymore. You know, it's it's the parents, it's everybody who's involved. You know, and uh, it's very easy to build a relationship with a uh, you know background like NC State. You know, something a foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go in and, and I believe in in this university, in the education here, and the football program here, and you can go in and, and that's you know the basis is where you start. You know, and then you get to know the the player, their family and everything and, you know, kind of sell yourself in the program, you know, so
1: it's pretty easy. Well, I'm not sure if you saw this article or not, but uh, SB Nation said that among the Power Conference schools, they ranked NC State number one as far as exceeding the norms when it comes to recruiting classes with this class. So, you know, I'm I'm curious, uh, you know, your thoughts on that. Obviously it means that in the past our recruiting classes haven't been quite as good as they should have been or we would like them to be. But certainly that's got to be some good press you can take forward as you continue to go along the uh, recruiting process.
0: I think so. Um, you know, I, I didn't see the article. Um, I kind of heard of it, uh, mm-hmm. so I don't know the, the details of the article. But I think um, any time that you can uh, keep the best players home, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, that's a huge thing in recruiting instead of having to go outside you want to go outside the state to just kind of fill a couple of holes because what happens in a year cycle, as the recruiting cycles go, is, you know, like, for instance, last year was a good defensive line and a running back here in the state. Well, next year might not be, Yeah. you know what I mean, or the two years before mm-hmm. might, you know, be up years and down years, you know, right. so, so on and so forth. But, you know, always you want to keep the best players in the state. And I think for somebody to write an article about, you know, that – I think that goes to show that that hasn't been done before here at NC State, right. uh, as well as it was done this last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's going to be our focus continually, uh, down that trend. You know, keep the top players at home in state. You know, and sometimes they, they want to leave because they have a family member in, you know, New York or right. you know. So so you can't really do anything about those right. particular cases. But I think overall in the class, you know, that's the number one thing is to keep the top players at home at NC State.
2: Yeah. Um, We we talked a little bit about Tyrone Riley Um, Obviously I did Quintez Johnson too From Georgia Um, It kind of leads into the question Since Georgia is your territory, and you're the D-line coach. How much of an extra added benefit when you're recruiting a kid in Georgia, and he happens someone like a Quintez or a Tyrone? Does that give you? Do you think that gives you an extra boost with that kid as opposed to maybe you know a different school, since their wide receivers coach is the recruiting coordinator for Georgia for them? Do you think that gives you a leg up?
0: I think so, and and, and like I said, in, in the relationship part, you know, if I'm going to be coaching them, you know, it's easier to start. Uh, you know two years before they get on campus, mm-hmm. you know so I think that makes it easy i think it's it 's a little bit easier when you go sit that in a player 's home mm-hmm. you know and talk to mom and dad or you know whoever's in their house um, you know on that part but um, you know as a, as a coach you have an area and you recruit all types of, of players you know so mm-hmm. um, you know it's just that finding that that right angle um, you know what those those players like you know mm-hmm. that's the thing and, and um, but it does help in certain uh, circumstances mm-hmm. not all. Right. But, but in some, yes okay.
1: mm-hmm. Well, Coach, if you've got some time to stick with us We'll uh, take a break and then we'll come back And we'll uh, talk about the uh, Looking forward, I guess uh, as, as this Pac-15 class Joins the Wolfpack and we start looking ahead to spring football And uh, next season So let's take a break here on the Riddick and Reynolds podcast So what is it that people like most about a italian restaurant cool atmosphere lots of state
0: memorabilia tons of memories just lots of things to reminisce
2: about the food's awesome i've had just about everything on the menu and it's all great
1: chicken wings hamburgers lasagna pizza it's all great i love coming i've been coming here since 30 years since i was a kid man find your own special reason for loving a italian restaurant in the heart of Raleigh, North Carolina. All right, welcome back to the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Still uh, joined here with by Coach Nielsen. And, uh, Coach, again, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you stopping having. by and hanging out with us for just a little bit. Um, you know, we talked a good length about recruiting in the first segment. Um, these guys will be joining. Uh, some have already joined, of course. Um, uh, but uh, we'll get to talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming season here. And so uh, one question I had for you with regards to um, spring football. Um, you know, I guess every school has the option to kind of determine when they would like to hold their own spring practices, and every school has their own philosophy on it. Um, a little bit unusually, uh, Duke, I believe, has already begun their spring football practices, and, and I've heard uh, Coach Cutcliffe's reasons on why. And You know, like, for example, if someone were to get hurt during The practices they'd have extended time to heal up leading into the season, Uh, so that made sense to me. But I'm wondering what, uh, from a coaching perspective, you guys think about, you know, when and uh, what reasons you might have for why, you know, you guys do your spring practice during what time of year that you decide.
0: I think when you start early, um, you know, he's been there for a number of years now, and his staff is pretty. predominantly stay together mm-hmm. you know and and right now what we're doing is kind of going over you know what we did well what we didn't do well last year and, and kind of you know you you want to fine tune that and and really um get your offense defensive packages um you know jump start for net for spring ball you know which you know gets you into the next season um you know when you're there for so many years there's only so many things that you can do you know right. so i think um you know, it's a little bit easier when, when uh, the staff is stuck together and, and gone going on like that. Um, I like it in terms of uh, the, the carryover mentally, you know, from the season um, into spring ball. If you start that fast, I mean, and the, the guys are remembering what you're doing in the last game, the bowl game, so on and so forth. Right. Um, where I think it, it might. Uh, hinder you a little bit is the retention after spring ball because now you've got that long gap into the season. Um, I really like how we do it. We're doing it uh, March 1st. We start our first practice. Uh, you know, it gives us the month of February to kind of go over what we've done because you're not in the office in, in January because right. we're recruiting. Yeah. You know, so you know we're we're self scouting ourselves right now. You know, and getting ready. To, you know, putting in. Uh, you know, our, our game plans and and so on and so forth of what we want to get done every single day. Um, and then, you know, we'll we'll end, I think it's uh, April 11th is the spring game. So it's not early and it's not late. It's kind of like right in the middle, you know. And yeah. you get some time to train the players before and time to train the, the players after. I think one thing that, you know, I've talked to a couple of people of, of the starting early is you get a, a long time to train the players, you know, at the end mm-hmm. in the weight room. You know, so I think it's a preference, uh, the first thing. And, and if you... In my opinion, if you believe in in your plan and and the process and, you know, and you really want to make it work, you'll make it work whatever time of year you're doing it. Right.
2: Yeah. And then just real quick, would you say that you also kind of do it maybe to let the kids – I don't know how the practice schedules and everything work, but maybe let the kids get acclimated to their semester for school and everything too Um, because obviously practice is a little more time-consuming.
0: You know, we start early. We start the the second week in January. Mm -hmm. We're a little bit earlier than everything else. So I don't know it's necessarily uh, acclimated. It does help the freshmen. The guy, right. the mid-year guys, mm-hmm. uh, I will say that it does help those guys. Um, you know, but, uh, I am excited about, I think we moved it up a, a one week earlier this year. You mm-hmm. know, and I like how Coach does it where we get a week before spring, spring break, and mm-hmm. then, you know, the, the 12 practices afterwards. So it gives the guys kind of a taste. And they get a, a little time off and a little rest time, and then they come back and we can mm-hmm. finish strong. And, and that really helped us last year, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. So the kids, when they go down to Cancun, they are, have a, <laughs> a, an idea in their head, okay, don't screw this up. by. Uh, they you go know. home and hang out with mom and dad. That's <laughs> what they're going to do. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, obviously, well, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, as we back up and talk a little bit about the, the, the bowl game. We hear all the time about how critical those extra practices are as they allow a program, especially a newer, you know, program as you guys are, to continue to develop guys. Um, You know, how successful do you feel like the team was during those practices? Obviously, the game went tremendously well uh, during the bowl game, but, uh, do you feel like you guys were able to accomplish uh, everything that you set out to with those extra practices? Yeah,
0: I think it was huge. I think uh, our young players got a lot better. Um, coach uh, structured practice, especially early with um, it was uh, developmental practices. The guys that were redshirting got a little bit more reps early, and the guys who had played the whole season got a little bit more time off. And then as we got closer to the game, you know, the practices changed and they were more focused on the game plan of, of playing the, the opponent. You know, and I, I think it was great. You know, and I think uh, you know our young players got a lot more reps and they got better. Our older players uh, were successful in the game, and the the confidence of the team right now. You know, on both the you know the younger players and the guys who played last year because we're not right. that old. You know, <laughs> still pretty young. Yes, yeah, still. Really. Uh, you know, but they're very confident in what they're doing in the weight room right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just have to imagine the the you know the good feelings, the confidence, as you said, coming out of that game and and that uh, you know series of practices just has to. Help fuel the team, and, and you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe it helped, uh, you know, uh, as the confidence of the team grew, maybe that helped, uh, you know, lock in a few guys that may have been on the fence uh, towards the end, you know, as you were coming down towards signing that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm just an armchair recruiting <laughs> expert, um, but no, uh, def-
0: definitely the Bull win helped, yeah, it, you know, winning, uh, you know. It's, uh it always helps when you win.
2: Yeah, recency yeah. has got to be a you know factor. Oh sure. The last thing they saw was state winning a game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and you're getting. You, you're talking to them you're getting calls you're getting uh twitter messages text messages mm-hmm. from the players hey coach great game saw you guys play mm-hmm. you know we're on national television all that type of stuff you know yeah and, uh,
2: and in florida yeah. uh, yes. i know a couple of the players uh actually bought tickets and went to the game because yeah. obviously can't provide them but um right. so that that helps they get to see it in person that in an opportunity maybe they where they wouldn't otherwise yeah, i think so
0: um but uh, being on, on national television, you know, on a, a night after uh, Christmas when there's not that much going on, you mm-hmm. know, these guys Everyone's are Everyone's at home
2: with their family. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, and then they're watching you on TV, and you're like, oh, I can go play there. That's mm-hmm. yeah, pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I believe that – wasn't that the only bowl game on that evening? Yeah, so, yeah. It was, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, everything panned out perfectly for NC State in that respect. Uh, all right, so let's look ahead to, uh, you know, this 2015 season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious where you feel like this team – you know, um, might be headed as far as its ceiling, uh, you know, uh, and the way the schedule the, You know, early on, the schedule seems to shape up pretty well for you guys and to kind of give you some, you know, um, games to get your feet underneath you. I can only imagine how difficult it is when you, uh, you know, you don't get a preseason game, so you don't have that opportunity to really kind of, you know, see how your guys will perform against someone wearing different colors before it actually starts to count. Um, but uh, the schedule does seem to kind of set up nice for you, kind of get. You know your uh, feet underneath you as you start to head into the meat of the schedule
0: well, I think uh, each each year each team is different. you know mm-hmm. we're going to try to carry is carry over as much success uh, confidence um, you know things that we did last year you know but uh, those seniors are gone. you got a new freshman group coming in and, and I think uh, you know so you just you never know until you know the ball's in the air you know but what we're going to do is we're just going to continue down the the plan that coach Dorn has. Uh, we are excited about the season, but, you know, we got uh, spring practice number one March 1st. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, uh, morning workouts tomorrow morning. You know, so if you start looking ahead to, too soon, you know, and as coaches, you know, you're kind of looking at the game plans and, and watching the other t- opponent, but, you, you know, we're not talking about that with our players. Mm-hmm. You know, what we want to do is in the morning workout tomorrow to have the best morning workout, you know, have the best spring practice number one, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you just never know because of injuries, injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the unknown,
2: right? You know, so all you can do is recruit and build depth. And That's right. Be ready for it. That's right. Yeah,
1: I just uh, the thing that blows my mind is the ability to get 17, 18, 19 year old kids to focus on anything at all. Uh, it's got to be one of the biggest challenges of being a, a coach at this level. Is you know, I remember how I was when I was like 19 years old, and it's scary to think that I would have the responsibility of you know suiting up for a school and playing for them. So uh i can only imagine how difficult it can be sometimes for you coaches to uh keep some of these guys in line and and keep them on task and and not let them put the heart the cart before the horse and those sorts of things
0: yeah i think um when players like doing something it's easy Uh you know and i think that the culture now is they they like to be in the weight room you know so it's easy for them to get up in the morning and go work out and do what contavious did in the squat rack the other day yeah those guys like those certain things are they always going to like it no there's sometimes you know they don't want to go run and everything but i think the 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 culture has been created um you know by our head coach the coaching staff and and the players i mean they want to win and they know that they've got to put in uh a unseen amount of effort Mm -hmm. uh of time you know to improve and get better You know, so I I think that uh, right now it's very easy, you know, if we want to go in the weight room and, you know, they've got to go work out, it's easy for those guys to go Mm -hmm. in there. You know, I think that they all are looking for spring practice, looking forward to spring practice, number one. Right. Uh, Which is very, it's a fun time for, you know, you get got a coach. This is our third year in the program here, Mm -hmm. and and now you've got things going in the right direction.
1: Yeah.
2: I I think uh, one of the things I've noticed, and and almost, you know, all coaches like to think they're recruiting, you know, high high you know moral kids and everything, but I, I think you guys actually do a great job of of that not it 's not just coach speak um, a lot of self motivated a lot of coaches' sons uh, former players you know troy vincent uh, t j McCoy like they, you know their parents play in the nFL they know what it takes um, i 'm assuming you put some stock into that and it helps keep those kids on the right track
0: yeah, I think in you know in the recruiting part the evaluation process you know mm-hmm. it 's not just about the best football player. You know, it's the best uh, person, the best fit, you know, mm-hmm. for the program. And I think, uh, you know, once you get them on campus, it's it, that just doesn't end. You know, uh, we right now we're doing a, a um, every Wednesday, coach has speakers come talk about, uh, you know, topics in society. It's called Real World Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, we're teaching and, and continually, you know, what you know, parents are doing to their their sons. Right. You know, we're continuing that. You know, and I think. Uh, that's really helped, you know, it's made everything real, you know, that uh, football can be taken away any time, and our guys understand that, Mm -hmm. you know, and and how to act, and and what to to do, and to say, and and, uh, it's actually pretty cool, and you see that the, um, you know, the maturity process of the play, they're getting more mature, they're more confident, it's a a really fun time now, I'm telling you, it's it's awesome to see.
2: It makes parents want to send their kids to you, because, you know, especially the out-of-state ones further away, they say, you know, we need, somebody to help continue to raise our kids and that that that's a good way to prove that you know you're there to help them not just to win football games yeah i mean we talk about it all the time about being a family and i, mm-hmm. I truly believe that we are you know
0: because you know we're we're not we're doing more than just football here you know right. it's uh it's about being better people mm-hmm. uh you know and, and developing young men into men and and uh being successful at the next level I and mean, mm-hmm. that's huge right yeah
1: Uh, As we kind of wrap up here, uh, you know, I know obviously the the easy answer is Jacoby Brissett, but are are there some other guys on this team that maybe are vocal leaders that, you know, you as coaching staff turn to to kind of continue the message that you're preaching to these kids and that you can kind of, you know, maybe to the younger guys that you've just recruited, say, you know, turn to these guys and look to them because they've obviously been able to, um, you know, show that by putting in the time and the effort that good things are possible for these guys. Are there some leaders that have kind of shown out to you guys as yeah. coaches.
0: You know, you want to uh um, help develop uh one or two or maybe even three leaders per position mm-hmm. group. Um so every coach has uh, identified that guy, you know, and, and um I don't want to name names, but um in every group there's a couple of guys that really push and do a great job of uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just use my group for example, but Mike Rose uh he's really taken on the, you know, senior, he's the only senior, right. the right. senior <laughs> leader role. Um, you know, and just to hear him talk and and uh, how mature that he's gotten in the last three years is it, it's it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I have to imagine that's pretty satisfying for you guys as well as coaches to see these guys develop into those you know roles of leadership.
0: Yeah, um, it is. It's uh, the team is a lot different than it was three years ago, uh, and I think mm-hmm. for the good. You know? yeah. and I think you can see that on the football field, but also in the classroom and yeah. the things that we're doing in the community too.
2: Have, yeah, have you noticed a lot of uh, I, I know like basketball. I know basketball they'll go play a lot of pickup and but do you do your guys kinda go out to the field? Do they have that free reign? I am not really sure how it works, but do you see have you noticed kind of an uptick in guys kind of doing things themselves, you not having to say, Hey, you know you need to practice this, hey, let's do things together.
0: Yeah, you know, you can't be around on their days off and everything. Right. If you know what I'm talking about. Uh <laughs> but you definitely see a lot more players around. I'll just leave it like that. You know, okay. they're around the building a lot more.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, I, I mean, I think that speaks to the improvement in culture. Yeah. So, well, Coach, thank you very much uh, again for joining us. It, it's been a lot of fun being able to speak with you and, and kind of get a glimpse behind the curtain, as it were, you know, to the process of. You know, not just recruiting, but also, you know, coaching in the program. And uh, we wish you continued success.
0: Really you appreciate program. you guys having me on. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great Let's give you. it up. Very Ryan Nielsen. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Well, I got a bad well, from my brain.